Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... to discover how quickly the human mind works. We know that in the twinkling of an eye, it can conjure up past experiences. We know with that rapidity, the mind can flash entire dreams before us. But what we don't know is what does a dying man see during those last flashes of life? And can his dead body register and retain that vision? Bill... After that kid was shot, how long did he live? Just an hour. I was right there. Mm. He made the mistake of trying to shoot it out with an army veteran. Yeah. As a coroner, I've seen about every expression of hatred and fear on dead faces that there are. But this kid, his face was frozen into the strangest kind of look I've ever seen. mystery drama, Double Cross Dead, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by James Agate Jr. and stars Fred Gwynn. I shall return shortly with Act One. They say a town or a city is the sum total of the unpopular and unwanted jobs that people know need to be done. Jobs they wouldn't want to do, yet someone does them. Like the undertaker's job, the tax collector's, or the coroner's. Not that Bill Watts, the coroner of the city of Belport, ever complained or was bothered by having to deal daily with ugly death. That is, not until now. And now Bill is very bothered indeed. For crying out loud, Charlie, don't just stand there. I tied the toe tag on this John Doe. Go ahead and make the entry into the morgue log and shove him back in the icebox, will you? Hi, are you touchy today? Are you, are, are you doing what I told you? Yes, Mr. Watts. If you would be so kind as to hand me the morgue log, which is under your chair, so I can enter the name and number, I'll have John Doe back in no time. Oh, sorry, Charlie. Oh, that's okay. For many years I've been working with you down in this tiled sub-basement. I've never seen you blow off so much steam. Well, it's... It's that face. What face? Didn't you see the kid you just pushed in there? He gives me the creeps. Bill, I think being a coroner is finally getting to you. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. Which is what makes it hard for me to understand why you refused the early retirement and the bonuses they offered you. You deserve it. I can't do it just now. I can't. You mean because of him? I can't just shove a no-name derelict onto a cold shelf and forget all about him. If he hadn't attempted that holdup, there wouldn't have been any shooting. And my niece would still be alive. Yes, I'm jumpy. I'm, 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 I'm upset. I'm darned upset. Dora and Jimmy are only married six months. Her father's my brother. I'm Dora's uncle. I... 
I was at their wedding. Ed, that was the nicest wedding I've ever been to. Excluding the one where you married Eleanor. Well, you know, this morning when Dora and Jimmy were taking their vows, I could almost hear my Eleanor sing. I do. (laughs) Well, we all miss her, Ed. You know, I kept thinking, Bill, how much my sweet Eleanor would have loved it. Seeing her daughter stand up there at the altar. Yeah, I suppose you have to believe the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Yeah, he's taken away too darn much for me. My wife dies, and now I'm losing my daughter. No, 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 no. That's not the way they tell it, Ed. You haven't lost a daughter. You have gained a son. Baloney. They don't know Jimmy McCall. Look, I know Dora's crazy about him, Bill, but I could never really warm up to him. That's my fault, I guess. I mean, he is a war hero. Got to be a second lieutenant. Came out of Vietnam alive. I just don't know what it is. Our personalities somehow don't seem to mesh. You'll feel differently when you get to know the boy better. I'm not going to get to know him any better than I know him now. Don't forget, he's been pumping gas for me since he got out of the service. Eh, Well, things like this take time, you'll see. I think Dora's smart enough to choose the right husband. I hope you're right. I hope she hasn't just fallen in love with a uniform and hasn't looked behind the medals. Uh What do you... uh see behind the medals. I see an irresponsible, immature young man, Bill, who thinks the world owes him a living. Dissatisfied with working as a garage mechanic. There's nothing wrong with wanting to better yourself. Not if you work for it. Too many times I've heard that boy say, wish I could come up with an idea how to make a million fast. I don't care who I have to step on to make it. Yeah, that's just juvenile talk. Maybe. Maybe. But I don't want my daughter to be the one who gets stepped on. So you see, Charlie, there's no way for me not to be involved. My brother's daughter is dead, and that John Doe did it. And I look at that kid's face. He doesn't look like a man who looks when he's firing a gun. I I can't tell you more than that. Well, you ought to know, Bill. You've seen them all. Yeah. Yet I know his gun killed Dora. No doubt about that. Charlie, I'm going away for the weekend just by myself. I know I ought to spend time with my brother, Ed, but I I just can't. I'm too upset. I've, I've got to be alone. Bill, you're back. And you look great. I took this morning off, too, Charlie. You, uh, missed me, huh? Well, it isn't that I missed you, Bill, but, uh, you missed Jimmy McCall. You was here at the morgue? What did, what did he want? Well, it was strange the way he hedged around and said he just stopped by, and hey, did we still have that, uh, John Doe? You mean the John Doe he shot? He wanted to know if we'd taken him off to Potter's Field yet and buried him. And I said, no, we had to wait the appropriate time in case somebody came forward to claim him. He, he didn't even know this bum who tried to hold him up. And now he's concerned about burying him? It doesn't make sense. I got something else to tell you that doesn't make all that much sense either. When you came in, you're to drop everything and hightail it over to the chief's office. Uh, I know what he wants to talk about. Bill, old boy, don't you think it's about time you stepped down and made room for a younger man? Well, 
I don't think it's about time. Good to see you. Sit down, sit down. Yeah, yeah, I won't mince words. Don't you think it's about time you stepped down and made room for a younger man? Take an early retirement? David, I'm not stepping down. Not right now. I told you that last month. But now I've got even more reason to hang in there. I don't know what's so all-fired inspiring about working in a sub-basement. Dave, you know that John Doe? That, that hippie who tried to hold up my niece and her husband, Jimmy McCall? Yeah, I know. He, uh, he killed her niece. That's what ballistic says. The gun he held killed her. Jimmy, with his service revolver, killed John Doe. And you don't go along with that? I do not. And that is why I have to stay on. Dave, there is something about this whole case that just won't let go of my stomach. Some people have intuition. Some people have second sight. I've got knots in my stomach. <laughs> okay, Bill, I accept that. Stay with the case. Forget anything I said about retirement. It's forgotten. I want to know more about this case. All I've had are the official reports, but you were actually there minutes after it happened. I hope someday, when it's a little easier for you, you'll tell me about it. Now, I could tell you now. Ed, my brother, and I, we've been carrying this alone for a week now. And maybe it would make it easier for me to live with if you'd share it. Bill, I'll tell you what. Put your feet up on my desk, lean back, and go ahead. Dave... I was sitting on the stoop of my house a week ago Wednesday night. And I saw them. Dora and Jimmy. Coming back from the movies. I live right across the street. They got inside the door of their apartment house. And then I saw this raggedy, hungry-looking fellow. His hair tied up in a ponytail. Followed them inside. The next thing I heard was shots. Them, Jimmy. Stop banging his head on the floor. He, he killed her, don't you understand? Dora, Dora. Oh, Dora. Oh, Lord in heaven. Where's your phone? It, 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 it's in the apartment. We didn't even have a chance to get in there before he pointed his gun at us. It's, it's, it's lucky I had my revolver. I, I, it's it's over, over there on the, on the bookcase. I got it. Hey, uh... Aren't you, uh, uh, your Dora's Uncle Bill? Uh, hello, Harry. Bill Watts. I'm at 22 Grand Street. One flight up. In the hall. Get the ambulance here on the double. There's been a shooting. Yeah. A man and a girl. Yeah, serious. Hurry. I'll be in the hall with them. Dora. Little Dora. She's gone. Why did this have to happen? Why? Why? We didn't have any money. Why hold this up? I've got to tell Eddie. Uh, how am I going to tell him? Oh, Dora's father, yeah. Uh, Who's going to tell him? Well, he loved her so. Well, we all did. Oh, it's going to kill him. Look at this creep. He's still alive. I, I wish I'd finished him off. Jimmy, I want you to try and be calm. 
and remember what happened. Can you tell me? Well, we saw a movie tonight. We don't go out much, and, and Dora wanted to go to this movie. Y you know, Uncle Bill, I'd do anything to make her happy. So I said, sure, let's go. Uh, Jimmy, tell me about this. I want to know what happened. Well, uh, we were just coming home, that's all. We, we go up the stairs to our apartment, and suddenly there's this guy, and he says, this is a stick-up. And, and I said, we don't have any money. We, we just been to the movies. My last quarter went for popcorn. We spent it all. And he says, go inside and get some. Well, I reach for my gun, and I, I start firing, and he starts firing, and the next thing I know, Dora's on the floor. And I, I'm seeing a hole in her neck, and, and, and I go crazy, I guess, and I pump every bullet I have into him. He killed her. He killed her! Tragedy strikes with unexpected swiftness. And when the pain and suffering die down, people want to know, how did it happen? What really happened? Are there two sides to the story? Who do you believe? Why did it happen? I reveal no secret when I tell you Jimmy McCall's account of how his wife and the holdup man died is not believed by everyone. Why not? You will find out when I return shortly with Act Two. by the book and strict adherence to the law is your way of life, there's no turning away from the genuine. Nor is there any question that Bill Watts, the coroner, will be deflected from his search for the truth. He has taken the police chief to the morgue to experience that gut feeling Bill calls the knots in his stomach. So they came and took Dora and the kid with the ponytail to the hospital. I was pretty shook up by then. Now, there were two forty-fives. You saw them? Oh, yeah. One was Jimmy's army service colt. The other was the intruders. Mm -hmm. Jimmy claimed the intruder was firing at Dora as he was firing at the intruder. Yeah, ballistics bore that out. And when he told me that day, I, I believed him. You don't now? No, Chief. I don't. Uh, when you're emotionally involved with a victim, it's very hard to make an objective judgment. Yeah, and it hasn't stopped my thinking process. When I went to the hospital and saw the hippie trying to hold on to life and losing, and all the time his face frozen into this incredulous stare, now, I have to admit I felt very sympathetic. Uh, just as I said, your imagination, Bill. You let fantasy interfere with fact. Dave, I've seen a lot of shot-down gunmen. I've seen about every expression of fear and hatred in the book. But this kid... He's no older than 18. I want you to see what I've seen. Charlie, pull that John Doe drawer open, will you? I'll pull back the shoe. Oh, why, he is just a kid. No ID. No labels in the clothing. They're obviously cast-offs. And uh, nothing in his pockets. No distinguishing marks. Just long hair. Yeah. A kid like that. Holding up people with a gun. Yeah. Something else I want to know. How could he shoot so straight that he hit Dora five times out of six? Why didn't he fire Jimmy? That's where the bullets were coming from. Well, 
uh, you haven't closed his eyes. I didn't close them on purpose. The eyes and, and the way his head is turned. Wouldn't you uh, say it means something? I don't know, Bill. Dave, come on. Read that face. What's that look? I'd say, uh, surprise. He must have been plenty surprised when a man he's trying to stick up starts shooting at him. No, Dave, it's, it's, it's more than surprise. A lot more. Well, so how does that alter anything? A hold-up man gets killed. A young wife gets killed. Her husband lives. There's nowhere for the law to go. Uh, retribution's been taken out of our hands. There, there's no doubt Jimmy McCall fired in self-defense, so... <sighs> Why don't you close that drawer and forget it? I wish it were possible. Uh, oh, there's one thing I didn't tell you. You know, I was right next to this kid when he died. Moments before the end, he, he looked at me. Just his eyes. He was trying to say something. And then he was gone. What are you reading into his expression? His expression says, Why me? Why are you doing this to me? Ed, I came over because, uh, did I hear right you're closing up the garage and the gas station? You heard right, Bill. It's for sale. Well, uh, what are you going to do with your time? I don't know yet. I just wanted a change from what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And your uh, son-in-law, Jimmy? He'll find other work. I'm not worried about him. Is, is this a really good idea at this time? Uh, I, I mean, it seems to me you ought to make yourself busy as you can. Ah, spoken like a concerned brother. Look, Bill, my little girl was killed. Life doesn't have the same meaning for me now. First Eleanor, now Dora, I... I just don't see any order in my life. Ed, I have a great idea. What is it? Well, here we are. Two old men. Wait a minute. Where do you get that two old men stuff? Are you young? Uh, am I? No, we're not young. So? We're old. Not very old, but old. Dora had already left home, so you were alone. And I'm living alone. And besides that, what's even more stupid, we're living separately in the same town. You want to come and live here? I was going to suggest you come live with me. You know, Ed, you and I are all we've got. Uh, especially now that you're out of the gas station business. Look, I'm not dead. I've got my photography, you know. I'm making a bigger dark room, putting in a new and larger. Yeah, but when we're not working at it, what are we doing? Feeling sorry for ourselves. Exactly, you bet. And why? Because we're lonely. Yeah, I've had a lot of practice being that. This uh, shooting of Dora. It's bugging me. I, I could use your help on this, Ed. You're smart. Two heads would be a darn sight better than one. Bill, are you saying what happened isn't what the police said? I'm not satisfied with all the facts. And... Well, what else is there? The hold-up man's gun killed Dora. Jimmy's gun killed him. When Dora first started going out with Jimmy, I hated it when I found out he always carried a gun. I used to say, we're not in Vietnam, you know. There's no war going on here. I was wrong. Why, because at least he could defend himself. I don't know. Uh, 
Imagine a bum like that in those ratty, cast-off clothes with a Colt 45. Couldn't even afford a slingshot. Wait a minute. Say that again. I said, what's that beggar, that hippie, doing with a loaded revolver? Where did it come from? You're right. Where did he get it? How? What an error. We checked the bullets against the revolvers, but we didn't check the guns. Well, Jimmy's gun was his. I've seen it often enough. Got U.S. Army written on it. It's the other one. Whose was it? That's what I want to know. Well, you can find out. Yeah, sure I can. They're all registered. They got numbers on them. Ed, you put me on to something. Bill, what about us moving in together? <laughs> We've got to do it. You ask just the right kind of questions. Ed, you are going into the coroner business with me. Hey, I never thought being my brother's partner in the coroner business would get me into the circus for free. I knew you'd enjoy this business. But since this morning they're not putting on a show, they're just rehearsing for tonight's performance. Uh, what's the name of the fellow we're looking for, Bill? The great Mezzini. That's what the salesman in the gun shop told us. He sold that coat to Mezzini. Mm -hmm. What do you think he'll tell us? I've got no idea. The truth, I hope. Ah, there's the great Mezzini in the lion's cage. Caesar! Brother Cicero! When I snap you with tonight, I want you to growl much more fiercely. You understand? That's what the customers are paying for. <laughs> Yes, gentlemen. Would you stand aside so I could open the gate? What can I do for you? Uh, my name is Bill Watts. I'm the coroner for this area. This is my brother, Ed. He uh, works with me. You're the coroner? So far as I know, none of my cats have eaten anyone. <laughs> uh, do you own a Colt 45? Model number 6547-8. I don't know. Let me think. Uh, you do own a Colt 45? Yes, but I'm not sure of the number. I'm not sure my cousin gave it back to me. Uh, how can we find out? Well, my trailer is right over here. All we have to do is step inside. Follow me. Uh -huh. Hey. Say, this is great. I wouldn't mind living in a trailer like this. I know I have it here somewhere. Oh, here we are. I wrote it down. What did you say the number was on the code? 5647 8. 564, five, yes, that's it. Uh, may I see the revolver, please? Oh, but I'm afraid that my cousin still has it. He borrowed it from me a couple of weeks ago. He wanted to get in target practice. Is there something wrong about it? You could say that, yes. Well, I could get it back for you any time. My cousin is a veteran, he was in Vietnam. Uh, Mr. Mezzini, where is your cousin now? He works in a garage in a gas station downtown. Ed's place, it is called. What's your cousin's name? Well, just to be Mezzini, just like mine. But he changed it to McCall. Jim McCall. Mezzini is a very good name for a lion tamer. So I kept mine. I see. Why did you loan your coat to your cousin? Didn't he have one? That's what I asked him. I think he said his was on the bank. Since I never used mine anymore, uh, why not? When did you loan him again? 
Let me see. Oh, it was the fifth. I remember the date because it was six months to the day that he got married. And uh, you haven't heard what happened? To who? Right here in Bellport. Well, I've been out of town until late last night. Uh, some of us did a benefit upstate. I guess I lost touch with whatever was going on here. Mr. Mazzini, I advise you to sit down. Because what I'm going to tell you won't be easy to take standing up, even for a lion tamer. Well, now, this gets more interesting every day. McCall had two colts, Chief. Did he know the poor son of a gun who followed him into his hallway? Of course he did. Did he give him the gun and tell him to shoot his wife? Mm, not likely. But he could have fired both guns at the same time. One with the right hand and one with the left. Uh, you have to be a darn good marksman to do that. We don't know that he isn't. If Jimmy wanted to kill his wife, he had to make it look like a stick-up that went haywire. But the fingerprints don't fit that scenario. When I got there, Jimmy was shouting, You've killed her! You've killed her! The hippie was shot, lying on the floor. Jimmy was pounding his head. The gun was in the kid's right hand. Mm, it could have been put there. That would explain why most of the prints were smudged. I hope it's not too late to make a paraffin test to see if John Doe did or didn't fire that gun. Well, I'm sorry. Now we didn't test both of Jimmy McCall's hands. But who would think of that? You know, with all these theories, we still don't have enough to pull McCall in. Because we don't have a motive for why he'd set this up, right? Mm, right. Well, Bill, I, uh... I want to thank you for all your help over and above your normal duties. You check back to this office in a couple of days, and I'll tell you how we're making out. Check back? Wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm not to go ahead and follow this through. Is that what you're telling well, me? I'm sorry, Bill, but my hands are tied. After our last talk, I met with the medical examiner's board to reconsider their position. They turned me down flat. In two weeks, you're going to be 60, Bill. That's the age limit for the job, and there's nothing I can do about it. I've often wondered why a certain age, say 60 or 65 or even 70, has been arbitrarily chosen as the year you boot a person into the refuse heap. Cellini, Hans Christian Andersen, Sir James Berry, Bernini, and I'm still at the start of the alphabet, were working into their 70s, still useful, still functional. It's a good thing for all of us. Bill Watts did not resign from his job. We'll see why when I return shortly with Act Three. is due for a birthday in two weeks. A fact he does not think calls for a celebration. For then, Bill will be 60, and the powers that be are asking him to retire to make room for a younger man. But there are murders to solve, and although the finger points in only one direction, Bill is searching for the motive. Ed, I'm going to challenge their retirement date. The chief is putting some other guys in the case, and I'm out. Of course, what they don't know down at City Hall is that Bill Watts is never out. How close are you, Bill? Very. To know there's a murderer going around town, free as anything, with Doris' blood on his hands, is getting to be hard to take. Yeah, well, 
It won't be for long. If I hadn't sold my garage, Jimmy McCall would find a tire iron wrapped around his head. Ed, in the time that he worked for you, can you remember the name of any pal of his? Anyone he saw regularly or was friends with? I can think of one person right off. He was Jimmy's captain in the service. They used to go bowling together. Then that stopped all of a sudden. It was after Jimmy got interested in Dora. He, uh, you have a name? Yeah, name's Hank Fuller. I just happened to find the envelope of a congratulations card the other day, the day of the wedding. The mail came here for both of them. Here it is. <clears throat> yeah. H. Fuller, 23 Sacramento Drive, Bell River. Hmm. That's the old part of Bellport. Mm-hmm. Ed, how about you and I taking the afternoon off and, and enjoying the sights of Bell River? We've been ringing that doorbell for two minutes. Nobody's home. Yeah, the question is, do we go away and come back in an hour, or do we sit in the park across the street and wait and watch? You guys want to see me? Uh, Mr. Fuller? That's me. How do you do? Uh, Mr. Fuller, I'm Bill Watts, the coroner's office in Belfort, and uh, this is my brother, Ed. Coroner's office? Yeah, uh, I understand you, you know James McCall. No, no, I don't know him. Are you, are you sure Jimmy McCall? I told you I don't know the man. So if that's all you came to see me about, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to open my door. Uh, would you mind if we go inside with you and ask you just a few questions? I do mind. This is my house. I'm a private citizen. I'm not answering any questions for anybody. Did you write this letter? It's addressed to Jimmy McCall. And isn't that your name and address in the upper left-hand corner? Oh, I might have known. Uh, then you do know it. I hoped I'd seen the last of him. Now he reaches out and spoils people's lives. You're both here about his wife and the man who's supposed to have held him up, aren't you? Yes, we are. Well, I guess I might as well take you inside. Now you're standing out here. I'll tell you this. Knowing McCall as I do, that wasn't only a double shooting. That was a double cross. You should know, Mr. Fuller, that Ed here is the father of the girl who died. Jimmy's wife. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Watts. Thank you. Uh, I'm not usually so abrupt, but the name Jimmy McCall gets my ankles up. Uh... You said double cross. Not because I have any inside information about the shooting, but because I know Jimmy. Uh, well enough to send him congratulations when he got married. Who says? Well, that letter we just showed you. We only have the envelope. <laughs> Is that what he told you it was? Congratulations? Well, not in so many words, but he left that impression. <laughs> I didn't know he was even getting married. No, I, I knew he worked in your garage, Mr. Watts. I wrote that letter to remind him of his debt. And if he didn't pay up, there were 150 guys who wanted his hide, the whole company. Uh, uh, which company is this? Uh, company G, Foxfire. When we got back from Vietnam, we had a reunion. 150 guys made it. I don't have to tell you what a smooth talker Jimmy is. He had an idea to go to Washington and buttonhole anyone he could to get Company G Foxfire some extra compensation money for being in the line of defoliants. What happened? We took up a collection. Everyone threw in 50 bucks. Multiply that by 150. 
and you've got 7,500 bucks. Jimmy shoved off, and we never heard from him again. How'd you locate him? Just chance. Five years later, he moved into Belport, 15 minutes from where I live. I read about this big war hero in our newspaper. Well, taking all that money and delivering is one thing, but he could have tried and been too ashamed to get back to you because he couldn't deliver. <laughs> I should have known better. I knew him. Uh, he's got no moral sense whatsoever. I'd say he was probably the most amoral person I ever met. We uh, get the drift, Captain Fuller. Uh, no, it's, it's Mr. now. I'm in a construction business. Well, finally, I, I put the heat on him in that letter to repay the money. Gave him three months. If the guys didn't get their money back, I'd be in touch with Washington myself, and he'd be in jail. Anything else I can tell you? Uh, not right now. But if there is, we'll know where to locate you. Thanks again. Bill, how come when I first met this big war hero, I didn't see through him? Well, we're still not that much closer to knowing what he had to gain if he engineered this whole thing. Look, there are no ifs in my book. Ed, uh, the next street phone you see, will you pull up? Uh, I, I want to... Put on a call to Dave at headquarters. Well, and there's up ahead on the right, right in the corner. There's two phones. One's right. empty. Good. Uh, I won't be long. Yeah? David, it's me, Bill. I've just been to see a man who is captain of McCall's army outfit. He accuses Jimmy of taking money under false pretenses and... Hey, hey, what are you giving me? We're not interested in McCall the chiseler. Murder is what we want to bet on him. Yeah, well, the point is Jimmy needed money. According to this witness, who knows him very well, McCall would do anything. Uh, and that's a quote. Anything to get what he wants. Thanks for the character analysis. I thought the same. I'm thinking insurance. So did I. Figured money must be the motive, so we're checking all the insurance companies. Well, why don't we bring him in for questioning? I want to wait one more day. I need hard evidence of that motive. Uh-huh. Well, you're the boss. Yeah. So long, Chief. What do you say? Oh, I said, wait a day. Don't bring him in. D Dave has an idea Jimmy and Dora might have insured one another with a life policy. Mm. Dave's checking around. Killed his own wife for the insurance? Ed, I'm sorry I said anything. Will you drop me off at the morgue? I'd better give some attention to our other clients. Make out reports on arrivals and departures. Hi, Bill. Just waiting for you so I can go out for a little dinner. Uh, Charlie, uh, before you go, will you roll out that John Doe? Uh, you know the one I mean. Sure. I say something, Bill. Every day you roll him out and you stare at him. Like you're waiting for him to tell you something. What is it? Uh, will you go and run along and have your dinner, please? Uh, 
I'll be at my desk working up reports. Will you go on and beat it? Hello, Jimmy. I've been waiting for you. You have, Uncle Bill? I figured you'd wait till I was alone. You figured right. Hmm. You're, uh, you're worried, aren't you? You're wondering why we don't send your friend out to Potter's Field. Why are you playing games with me, Uncle Bill? I am? Hmm. You went to see Hank Fuller, didn't you? Nice man. Outspoken. Uh-huh. But you had not to believe everything he tells you. Why not? Oh. oh, Jimmy, that's not the way. Give me that gun. Why add another death to your list? I don't like people who get in my way. So you're going to shoot me. And then what? Uh, nobody saw me come in. I'll think of something. Are you going to put that gun into my hand like you did with the kid in the hall? Oh, Uncle Bill, you're too smart for your own good. That's what I would have said about you. Charlie, look out. He's got a gun. Yeah, if he hadn't attempted to kill you or threatened to, we still couldn't have booked him. Now, at least we've got him on that. The gun was empty, Chief. He says it was a practical joke, just to scare me. <laughs> He's full of explanations. When we questioned him on the Medzini gun, he says he lost it. The kid who held them up must have found it. Ed and I think we have a way of cracking his alibis. Yeah, so he said. That's why I'm taking you two to his cell. I think it's worth a try. Bill, you've been right so many times, I wouldn't dare refuse you. <laughs> uh, what's in that uh, flat brown envelope you carry, Mr. Watts? Photographs. It's my hobby. Oh. Well, here we are. Chief, we'll be back in your office very soon. Uh, guard, unlock, will you? Ah. Hello, Mr. Watts. Uncle Bill. No, I was, uh, just kidding last night when that, uh, assistant of yours tackled me. Jimmy, the time for kidding is over. We have a couple of things to show you. First, this uh, letter from the Guarantee Insurance Company, which says that you and Dora insured each other for $100,000 each and that you have put in a claim for it. Well, that's the whole point. I mean, if I died accidentally, Dora would have put in for her $100,000. You still want us to believe you had no hand in her death? Mr. Watts, you're my father-in-law. I love Dora. Hey, would I lie to you? Ed, uh, will you take those enlargements out of that envelope? Jimmy, we know you killed both Dora and the kid you claimed held you up. They are the witnesses against you. You've heard that a dying person's eye will, if frightened enough, retain the last thing seen on the retina just as if the eye were a photographic plate. Yeah? Ed, show uh, Jimmy that picture you have of Dora. Ed took this picture. Don't be afraid to look at it. It's an 8 by 10 close-up of her face. You notice her eyes are open. Now, uh, Ed, show him the enlargement of Dora's eyes. Jimmy, look real close. You see what we saw in her eyes? The uh, right one is the clearest. I, I don't believe it. Now, Ed, the close-up of the kid's eyes. Jimmy... What do you see in his eye? Do you see two hands, each holding a Colt revolver? Do you, 
Do you see the face of who is holding the guns? It's you, Jimmy, isn't it? Get out of here. Get out of here, both of you. Yeah, I shot them, both of them. One, one with each hand, five bullets. I, I wanted the insurance money. It was the only way. We got him to sign the statement today, Bill. I don't know if it'll hold up in court. It's a form of insanity. He used a dead kid as a blind? Yeah, found him on Skid Row. Told him he'd give him a job and to follow him home from the movies. <laughs> That's how he got the kid up into the hall. Bill, why did you keep pressing me that it wasn't an open and shut case? There was that look on John Doe, Chief. Not surprise, not fear. It was the look of being betrayed. Last night, McCall kept babbling about some pictures he'd shown him. <laughs> he was pretty excited over that. Oh, yeah? Well, Dora's father showed him some photographs that uh, he'd cooked up. <laughs> that head is really a genius with a camera. I guess McCall's conscience finally spoke up loud enough for him to hear. I must tell you, there is no scientific evidence whatsoever that the eye will retain an image seen at the point of death. Those who have been near death or believe they have crossed the threshold and returned tell us their entire lives pass before them in those microseconds. But we, who remain, will never really know for sure. I shall return shortly. who have followed the mystery theater closely know there comes a point in the story where everything hinges on one salient fact. Today, that essential ingredient was the perseverance of a man they said was too old for the job. This is the kind of nonsense I enjoy disproving whenever I can. Our cast included Fred Gwynn, Russell Horton, Mandel Kramer, and Ray Owens. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. preview of our next tale. What happened to your assistant, Panto? We thought he would make more money selling small cakes to the crowds at the guillotine. Oh, how horrible. Like a ghoul, I told him. Selling refreshments as the knife falls. Oh, I'm so ashamed of Panto. Did you say you had them ready? Oh, yes, yes. I, I have to go to the back. It is not the kind of pastry one can leave. Uh, lying about. Simon, let me give you this. Gold, Louis, the price agreed on. Oh, sister, you did not have to give it to me this instant. Uh, thank you. Oh, no, Simon. Sister. Oh, Lord in heaven. She has fainted. Sister, sister, wake up, wake up. Oh, what am I going to do? Water. Yes, that's why. I, I, I'll, I'll get water. <sighs> Sister, sister, please, please wake up. Oh, may the Lord forgive me for what I'm going to do, but I cannot just let her lie there. This is E.G. Marshall, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs> <laughs>